Blog Talk Radio. tuning in tonight great to be on board got to apologize you know it's, it's weird sometimes how your brain operates but i had like i knew it was father's day and i knew it was a pay-per-view sunday but for some reason my brain kept those things mutually exclusive and so we had the last minute cancellation because father's day plans and uh, uh show plans just they, they weren't going to jive so uh, apologies to our fans. are looking forward to our pregame show. Uh, we weren't able to do that yesterday. But to all the fathers, stepfathers, uh, everyone who just acts like a father, acts like a dad, is a guardian of some sort, hope you had an amazing, happy Father's Day yesterday. And I hope as a father you got to enjoy the pay-per-view last night. Pretty damn good pay-per-view. We're going to get into that. Give us a call, 347-838-9815. We want to know your thoughts on Money in the Bank. This is something rippling effect over the landscape of the WWE. Lots of stuff to get into that happened last night. What does it mean heading towards SummerSlam? We're going to get into that. Check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash The Ken Reedy Show. Again, that is facebook.com slash The Ken Reedy Show. Check us out on Twitter. Our Twitter handle is at The Ken Reedy Show. Again, at The Ken Reedy Show is our Twitter handle. Go on over to Twitter. That's your thing. Get us. Get our handle there. Follow us. Uh, we're always tweeting stuff out. So check us out over there on the Twitter and our website, thekenreedyshow.com. Head over there. Check out the amazing website, thekenreedyshow.com. And one way, another way you can also listen to us, go over to iTunes. Do a search, 1640 PWPR. That's our network, man. We got a network. 1640 PWPR, and it's free, baby. That's right. If it's free, it's for me. Head on over there. Subscribe to PWPR, 1640 PWPR. It's a network of podcasts. Uh, You know, most of the podcasts are wrestling podcasts. You guys are listening. You guys are wrestling fans. You want to head on over to 1640 PWPR. Because you get a global view. Some people like what's going on. Some people don't like what's going on. We got people who are more indie centric. We got people who hit the main shows, you know, people who hit everything. So head on over to 1640PWPR. We also got we got some boxing thrown in. We got some MMA thrown in. 
You know, MMA is going to be a big deal over the summer with Brock Lesnar being a two quote sport athlete uh, over the course of the summer. So head on over to 1640, subscribe to 1640 PWPR today. And with so many things going on, you know, we are smack dab in the middle. Maybe the beginning. Maybe not the beginning. Maybe not the middle, but the beginning. Actually, it is the first day of summer. So let's say right now, first day of summer, we are officially in SummerSlam season. The road to SummerSlam, if you will. You would think a lot of what happened last night would resonate heading towards SummerSlam. Lots of stuff to talk about and cannot make any sense of any of it. If not for my tag team partner, let's bring him on the line. Dave, how are you doing this evening? Well, with everything going on, a lot of moving parts, especially coming after last, coming out of last night's event, I might have a hard time of myself making heads or tails of a lot of what's going on. But I'm definitely looking forward to discussing the the, the different scenarios and possibilities that the direction of WWE's product will go moving forward this summer. Yeah, there's lots of stuff to get into. I mean, to see, you know, and again with all these moving parts, positive, negative, who knows? I mean, there's when you have this many moving parts, you always run that risk of, of things going awry. So, um, but before we get into the WWE, I got to, you know, give a shout out to, you know, we, I went to a show this weekend, Fund, Fundraiser Wrestling. That is Fundraiser Wrestling. Um, they, they do a promotion. It's a promotion in northern New Jersey. Um, they only do fundraising. That's, that's their point. They hold fundraising events. And we got to go to an event this past Saturday night. And I got to tell you guys, it was, you know, there are times with pro wrestling that, you know, there's a lot of good that can be done. Uh, it was great for us, you know, for myself being a part of IWS Loud and Proud, the American Cancer Society. This past weekend, Fundraiser Wrestling, uh, they did an event for uh, homeless veterans. And how do you not get behind a cause like that? Raising money for homeless veterans and you know for you guys out there that maybe don't know what fundraiser wrestling is what it's all about um it is family friendly um and they put on a really fun show there's no two ways about it it's a fun show it's very character driven uh not a lot of crazy spots but but fun i and i'll probably keep saying fun over and over again but that's my review i give it a thumbs up um, we had a blast. None of the matches went on too long. The show itself wasn't too long. It, it was short, sweet, to the point. The show moved along at, at a nice pace. Uh, all the wrestlers, the faces and the heels, engaged the crowd, got the kids going. A lot of kids were there. Not enough positive things to say about fundraiser wrestling. And I was just excited to be there uh, to watch um, the event unfold. You know, friends of ours. Uh, from the BWO, our BWO days, uh, Tommy Face, Ricky Landell running the promotion. Uh, Richie Rotten is involved as well. Um, lots of good stuff coming out of this promotion. It was great to go there and see it. So um, not enough positive things I can say for fundraiser wrestling. So if you're a wrestling fan, you want to get out there, you want to go to a wrestling show, go to a good fun wrestling show, and then help raise money for a good cause. Check out Fundraiser Wrestling. Fundraiser Wrestling is on Facebook, facebook.com slash Fundraiser Wrestling. Their website is fundraiserwrestling.com. Their next event is November 12th in the Bergen Community College Gym. Um, they're also, this is another 
uh, Salute to Our Veterans. That is the name of the next event. It is to benefit the BCC Students Veteran Emergency Fund. Again, the BCC Student Veterans Emergency Fund. So, again, that's November 12th. 6.30 p.m. is the bell time. Fundraiserwrestling.com. Get your tickets. Uh, Hopefully, we'll be involved and get some interviews from those guys in the upcoming months. But, you know, Dave, when you get to go to see a show like that and it's uh, fun and you're you're raising money for a good cause, uh, it's just just great stuff. And it's great to see how they engage the the kids and uh, just a real positive, fun night. So, for me, it was definitely a, a wrestling kind of weekend going out to watch uh, that. And then uh, we got money in the bank last night. And, you know, I, I want to get your dissection, though, Dave, because I thought, I thought it was a solid pay-per-view with a tremendous ending. I can't sit here and say that the pay-per-view knocked it out of the park, but I'm not going to say it was a bad pay-per-view either. Um, I, I probably, if I was grading it, I'd probably go with like a B plus grade with like an A plus plus end. Um, but it was solid. It was good. It was entertaining. Most of the matches were entertaining. Um, I was doing my picks on the Facebook page, match by match. Tremendous losing streak to start the pay-per-view. Had an uptick on the last half of the pay-per-view. But I, I thought it was a solid with a great ending, Dave. What'd you think? I thought it was a good show too. Um, I'll be honest with you. There were parts of the, early parts of the pay-per-view that kind of dragged for me. Um, I thought the Baron Corbin Dolph Ziggler match kind of dragged a little bit um, considering they wrestled like four times already on between TV and pay-per-view. I was just kind of over it. Um, I was surprised at the, uh, the, the amount of offense that Apollo Crews got in a match with Sheamus. Um, But it was a good physical match. Uh, The girls match was good. And I, I, I liked the turn. I liked how Natty turned on Becky Lynch at the end. I really thought that um, by having her turn, that means they're taking Natty seriously again, um, which is a good thing. And there are plenty of opportunities that they can um, expand upon with her character, with especially with the, the, the newer, younger girls in the division. Um, I thought the tag match was good until the end. I thought the end was very confusing, a lot of missed spots and lack of communication. I think the storytelling was really off at the end. Um, mainly in particular, um, you know, the finish. Uh, Anderson blind tags um, Aiden English, but then somehow he gets caught in New Day's finisher. Um, he's the legal guy, but New Day pins the guy who's not legal in the match. I just thought it was, like, totally um, mismatched. I mean, the, 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 the early parts of it were good. And then, of course, the big stuff. You know, the John Cena-AJ Styles match I thought was excellent. I'll get into the finish later because I was not impressed with the I was I was not impressed with the finish. Um, but the Money in the Bank ladder match was fun. Um, I didn't expect Ambrose to win. I actually picked Owens, and then the ending with the title match, you know, and then eventually the cash in with Ambrose at the end. I thought it was really good stuff. Um, and uh, here's a little interesting th- statistic for you. I did some research this morning. Did you know that all three members of the Shield when they won? Their first WWE championship, they pinned former members of that same group. Rollins at WrestleMania last year pinned Reigns. Reigns at Survivor Series pinned Dean Ambrose. And last night, Dean Ambrose pinned Seth Rollins. Kind of a neat little tidbit there regarding the Shield and, you know, the former Shield and, and their, 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 uh, their victories with the championship. But overall, I thought it was a solid to good show. 
Um, I would I would tend to agree with you. Yeah, B plus with an A minus ending. Um, what's what's really interesting coming out of last night's event that we can discuss even further is the fact that the draft is coming up on the 19th, but the pay per view is on the 24th. And if they're really serious about shaking things up, um, you know, it's going to be an interesting next few weeks setting up a pay per view, especially if you have a draft on the very first SmackDown, which is the go home show to the Battleground pay per view. Um, that's that's going to be the intriguing part for me and where they set guys up going into the pay-per-view and coming out, obviously, with the draft. I agree with you, and, and you wonder, will they set up something where it's like a Raw versus SmackDown kind of thing on Battleground? Uh, you know, the, the commercials with everyone holding their flags and everything, is it something to, um, you know, maybe hold off on a championship match through this pay-per-view? I don't know. It, it's definitely going to be... a Interesting to see how that unfolds, uh, setting up a pay-per-view. And we've talked about it at nauseum for the past few years, that a lot of times the WWE is, is lacking in, in their setup. So um, interesting stuff there. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the stuff, I agree with you. The, the tag team match got sloppy at times. The, the ending was confusing. It just was, it, it got to a point where I, I get it. I get it that guys have to get their spots in, and, and I get, you know, you want to excite the crowd, but sometimes, you know, a fatal four-way tag team match, you know, you got a million people in that ring uh, at different times. You know, maybe you pump the brakes a little bit on the spots and just make sure if you're going to put a spot in there, it makes sense. And I agree. I thought the end got, like, really confusing. And, you know, it, it's cool because, again, we had a living room full of people. And everyone was kind of like, wait, what just happened? And And it just, you know – it just didn't work, uh, you know, and you got good tag teams there. I mean, good, talented tag teams, guys that have charisma. Um, and, you know, it just it just didn't work. Uh, some of the things like scratching my head, one of the picks I got wrong. Um, you know, I know the Lucha Dragons are the new guys. I'm wondering what they're doing with the Dudley boys. Um, you know, if there's any point to even having them on the roster at this point, I'd like to see something uh, better for the one last run, perhaps uh, one last push for the Dudley boys. Um, you know, the, I, I liked, I agree with you. I liked the Natalia turn a lot. I thought that was really cool. Um, I thought that worked well. And, you know, I got my pick. I, I, AJ, first off, AJ Styles, John Cena, I pick Styles. The ending was, was, I can see where you don't like the ending and I can see where you would. It was predictable. Um, but what I really, really liked and, and what time, wait, All right, we're about a minute 15 into the show. Mark the tape. You don't hear me say this often, but what I really liked about that that match is the storytelling between AJ Styles and John Cena and, wait for it, the commentary. Now, I'm not going to say I like the commentary the rest of the night, but what (laughs) I'm saying is I really enjoyed the, the story that was being told that John Cena, the man, the guy who has done it all in the WWE could not seem to get on track against a guy as athletic as AJ Styles. And I really enjoyed that narrative. Uh, every time John Cena looked like he was setting up for something, AJ was thwarting it. And, and I thought it worked out really well. And the commentators actually followed that storyline and kept saying stuff like John Cena just can't seem to get into a rhythm. John Cena is off that giant. And, and I thought it really worked as far as the storytelling of the match. 
say what you will about the ending. The ending is is you can either look at it in a way of, you know, they 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 said they wouldn't, you know, AJ Styles was going to go in there and he was not going to need any help and he was going to go in there and, and wrestle John Cena one on one, or it and, and you just don't like it. It buries, you know, you want to say buried uh, AJ Styles makes AJ Styles look weak. Uh, you want to go that route in, in your reaction to that match? I see that. I get that. The other side of it is it solidifies AJ Styles a heel, regardless of what he says, what he declares, uh, what he says he's going to get in that ring and do. Uh, the character AJ Styles right now, uh, don't trust him. He's a liar. He's a cheat, and he'll do whatever it takes to win a match. So whatever narrative you want to buy into, I, I see both sides of it. Um, but the way this match played out and the story that was told with this matchup, uh, I really enjoyed. I thought the commentators did a really nice job. As far I as could, everything that oh, – God, yeah, you know what? Your reaction to that. I couldn't agree with you more – my apologies. I couldn't agree with you more about the storytelling and the narrative that the announcers portrayed to the audience about Cena. It really helped AJ Styles standing and kept him – in my opinion, as a fan, taking away the criticisms that, that I bring to the product based on what we do here on our show, as a fan watching the match, I thought, well, AJ seems to be on par and, uh, you know, and, and an equal to John Cena based on what the announcers are saying and based on how they are telling the story in the ring. I thought the match was excellent. What I didn't like about the finish is based off of what took place last week in the promo where Cena basically – claimed AJ was like every other guy that, that had come after him. And to me, I feel like AJ Styles is such a special talent, something that WWE should take advantage of, that he should be treated as such and not treated like every other guy that's tried to knock John Cena off the pedestal. And I think the finish doesn't help him in that regard because now he's treated like everybody else that has cheated to win to beat John Cena. On the other side of the coin, yes, I can agree with you by saying it does – amp up the heel heat that AJ Styles will continue to get now that him and the club have screwed over John Cena. But here's a point that I listened to this morning on Taz's show. And Taz, to be honest with you, he's got one of the best shows around, other than us, of course. We're number one. But Taz is right there behind us in terms of comprehensive pro wrestling talk. And he made a great point. And this was based on his experience from working in the booth with WWE. If you recall last night during the match, throughout the entire match, of course, JBL is playing up the role as the heel commentator. He's supporting the bad guys, and he's putting down the good guys throughout the commentary. At the same time, he's still showing John Cena the respect that he deserves, given Cena's history and his, and his reputation. He's still in support of the bad guy. As the finish took place last night, JBL... If you remember and you go back and you listen to it, JBL was against the way that AJ Styles beat Cena with help from the club. Whether Styles had knowledge of it or not, he was against that finish because he said it took away from a great match. Kaz brings up the point that he thinks that Vince McMahon instructed JBL to say that because of the negative backlash that that finish will get from the audience towards WWE. So Vince, in a way, was acknowledging it without saying it in so many words that the finish was shit. And the reason why JBL was the guy to deliver that and not the play-by-play guy is because JBL's a former wrestler and a world champion with credibility, and the message would come across better to the audience than it would from a Michael Cole. And 
that to me, when I when I heard that explanation, I thought to myself, you know what? That that's a great point that nobody out in the internet world, out in the IWC thought of. And when Taz brought that up, I thought to myself, that's just another reason why I thought, in my opinion, AJ, if he was going to go over, he should have went over clean on Cena, one, two, three, not with help from the club. Yeah, and like, you know, it's, like I said, I see both sides. I really do. I, I see, you know, why this, this really solidifies him as a heel, but I see the other side of it. You know, it's a interesting prospect, but it does uh, – I'm curious what his explanation is going to be and, and his rationale and, and where they're going to go uh, moving forward with this program. Um, but, definitely you know, a rematch. Yes. Oh, without question. And it, yeah. it's definitely intriguing. It's definitely something you want to look forward to how it's going to unfold. Um, you know, I, I think it's, if you hated the ending, then you had like a really good match with a shitty ending. If you enjoyed the ending, then you just had a really good match. Um, but it's one of those things, like, I keep going back and forth on it. I see both sides of it. Um, but good stuff out of them. Uh, and then when you get to the big stuff, uh, the Money in the Bank match, you know, a lot of plunder, baby, if you will. Uh, good stuff, lots of fun spots. Uh, you know, all those guys, you know, broke their asses in that, in that match. Uh, very entertaining. Uh, Ambrose was my pick from the get-go. Um, he winds up winning the match, and, and we get a, a treat at the end of the pay-per-view, a cash-in. Um, and and I full disclosure, my pick for this was Roman Reigns. My pick for this match was Roman Reigns. However, uh, right before we were about to watch the, this match, I said, you know, the one thing that sets up a triple threat match for the Shield is for Ambrose to come in and cash in on a victorious Rollins and then you have Rollins and Reigns that both have legitimate claims to a rematch. Three of them, SummerSlam, book it. The only problem is you got a pay-per-view between now and SummerSlam. To me, the triple threat with the Shield cannot be the main event at Battleground. Um, it's got to be at, at, at a big pay-per-view. Uh, all three guys legitimately have a claim. Um, so you wonder how exactly they're going to move forward with this. Uh, very entertaining. I honestly, and I said this to everyone in the living room before the match, I honestly didn't think the WWE would have the balls to do it. Uh, they did. And, and I think one of the things, Dave, you got to look at with this is there's two things coming out of this. Um, you know, I, I shouldn't say it. There's more than two things, but two main things that I thought of coming out of this matchup, which is, is worth uh, – you know, dissecting and speculating and just thinking about it. Number one, you know, we look at Dean Ambrose. He's popular. Is, is he a guy that can be the guy uh, moving forward? Uh, very popular. He, you know, it's almost like he can kind of do that Stone Coldy-ish anti-establishment, but he does it his own way. I'm just, doing, I'm just using Stone Cold as an example because that was his gig, but two totally different anti-establishment kind of characters. Um, he resonates with the crowd. Is this a guy who we're looking at a long-term champion? And on the flip side of that, what does it say about Roman Reigns? And the reason why I picked Roman Reigns in this matchup is because I thought that Roman Reigns, if the whole narrative coming into this from Rollins was, you never pinned me to get that belt. You never took it from me. I had to relinquish this. And he still 
hasn't pinned Rollins. And to me, because of that, it makes for a weak title run. Um, it doesn't do Roman Reigns any favors. And you wonder, number one, is the Roman Reigns experiment over? Number two, if it's not over, what were they thinking and what are they going to do moving forward with the Roman Reigns character? Because I think, that, to me, that, that character had to pin Rollins last night. To legitimize his title run, he had to pin Rollins, and he did not. So kudos to Ambrose. Kudos for how over he is. Um, again, I think sooner than later we're going to have that triple threat main event with all members of the Shield. Um, but, Dave, I do think it begs the question, where exactly does the WWE go now with Roman Reigns? Well, before I get to that, I want to say that I didn't pick Ambrose to win the Money in the Bank match, to be honest with you, because I thought because he's over enough that he didn't necessarily need that. Would it have helped? Absolutely, and it certainly did after last night. But I really thought that Ambrose was over enough that they could have given that to somebody else, and given the history he has with those two guys, with Rollins and Reigns, they could find another way to get to that triple threat match at WrestleMania. Because that was my big thing, is that it would have to be at WrestleMania. It was a WrestleMania main event. Not any other show, just WrestleMania, would that match would take place. And so I thought that, well, for sure, they're going to give it to somebody like Owens or maybe even Cesaro, um, for instance. Those are my two top guys that I thought would win it. My wife, on the other hand, she picked it correctly and thought Ambrose based on the, the interaction from Monday night, which was another reason why I didn't pick Ambrose, because he had teased that he was going to cash in and take the title. And normally when they usually tease it or when they overexploit it, usually the opposite happens. It's used as a smokescreen creatively so that when they come up with a different finish, you didn't see it coming. So I really thought that that was, that was their smokescreen, but they were planting seeds and teasing it for maybe eventually down the line. Now, your statement you made earlier, a shield triple threat does not go on a battleground pay-per-view. I would agree with you, but at the same time, I could also make an argument to disagree with you. Why? Because with this draft coming up, and if they're serious about splitting these rosters, I can't imagine that all three of these guys are going to be on the same brand. And if they want to garner new network subscriptions, which they are so desperately, in, in, not desperately in need for, but they desperately want, Putting a match of that caliber on a smaller show like that, Battleground, would add prestige to that show and could entice new subscribers to order for the month of July and get Battleground for free. Okay, But there's different ways they can go about this to get to a triple threat. They could do it that way, or they could go to SummerSlam. And, and pending the draft, let's say for argument, Reigns and Ambrose for the title at Battleground. Rollins gets drafted to SmackDown. He's the odd man out. The other two are on Raw. Let's just say the champion is allowed to go on both shows, okay? Ambrose is still champion. Rollins, being the sneaky heel that he is, somehow ruins the match. But he still lays claim to a rematch because he won the title at Money in the Bank. You could then set up the triple threat for SummerSlam. Somehow they can work a storyline where the two GMs agree that it would be an interpromotional match for the title. And, ironically enough, the Shield triple threat for the title at SummerSlam in Brooklyn, the same building that Rollins, Reigns, and Ambrose made their WWE pay-per-view debut, TLC, in 2012. It would make for a really good buildup in that storyline. As far as the Roman Reigns character goes, 
the rumor I'm hearing through the Wrestling Observer and Dave Meltzer is that the reason why this title change took place last night is because Roman Reigns is not drawing well on the house show loops. Reigns headlined the A-towns for the house shows, and Ambrose headlines the B-towns. And ever since Reigns took over as the headliner for the A-towns from John Cena, house show business has decreased 30% from last year to this year. It was a 30% decline. They would average maybe 6,000 fans a show. Now they're barely getting four under rain. And currently, consistently for the past, I would say, six or seven months or so, Ambrose has headlined the B-Towns, and he's done the same amount of business, if not better, than Roman Reigns on the a, on the a loops. So that was one of the main factors as to why Ambrose has gotten the title. And to me, a lot of people have said, oh, maybe this is an Ambrose heel turn to try and set up Roman Reigns as the sympathetic character again, another attempt by creative to turn him into a baby face. I really don't think that's the case anymore. I really don't. I think Ambrose will stay a baby face. He's like, he's to me, I look at him as like, he's like the working class champion. He's a middle-class guy. He's, he, he can relate to a lot of people in, in some ways, you know, just by, just based on his look and his, and his ability. And I think, they're starting to realize that with him now, that he's popular and that this Reigns experiment as a baby face is not working. They have to go back to the drawing board on what they're going to do with him. I think based on the Roman Reigns' character, Roman Reigns' character and how he's been portrayed, creative's done no favors for him at all within the past year or so. I mean, him getting screwed at WrestleMania last year, him getting screwed at the Royal Rumble, you know, him getting screwed uh, by the authority throughout the whole time to get to WrestleMania and then, losing the title to, to, to Rollins last night, but his best friend sneaks in and cashes in and wins the title, you know, right after that. This is, to me, this could easily set him up for a monster run as a heel. And I think that would be the more logical route. I'm not sold on a babyface Roman Reigns anymore. I really am not. I love Reigns. I think he's, you know, great in the ring. He's got all the tools to be a top guy, but, as a good guy right now, the people are not buying it. They need to switch off and do something else. Couldn't agree more. What do you guys think? Three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five. What do you guys think of Money in the Bank? What does this mean going forward uh, for the summer and the road to SummerSlam? Lots of stuff to get into. But right now, it's time for a break. It's time for the fifty fifty news report. Good evening, and welcome to another edition of the Day Five. 5050 News Report. Only heard at the top of the hour every single Monday night right here at the Ken Reedy Show, the best in pro wrestling talk. This report is also brought to you in part by 1640 PWPR, Pro Wrestling Podcast Radio Network, and more. Subscribe for free on iTunes right now to sample a variety of comprehensive podcasts covering the world of pro wrestling, MMA, boxing, and even some pop culture to shake things up a bit. Search 1640 PWPR on iTunes right now to find out what the podcast game is talking about. In our top story this week, it seems that this new era in WWE is going to not only showcase some of the newer talents in the company, but also take you back in time. According to the Wrestling Observer, WWE management has been reaching out to a lot of older and established talents to beef up the rosters when the brand extension goes into effect next month. Names such as Kurt Angle, Jeff Hardy, Rey Mysterio, Carlito, John Morrison, Crime Time, Shelton Benjamin, Stevie Richards, MVP, and Goldberg 
have all been contacted by company officials to take part in helping facilitate the brand extension. McMahon has realized he now needs to fill two rosters and has called upon some established talent to fill in those gaps. Another reason behind this move is to help ensure that the NXT roster doesn't get picked apart in this upcoming draft, as reports lately have suggested the main roster would be rating the brand to help with the split. Also, another reason why NXT has signed more talent to fill in those gaps in the event their roster takes a hit. As of now, six names from NXT could be getting called up to the main roster, but that could also change. And we do know right now that Mysterio and Morrison are currently under contract to Lucha Underground. Their contractual status is unknown at this time, but we do know that Mysterio has a clause in his deal that could potentially allow him to walk away at any time. Jeff Hardy is still under contract to TNA, however, and the company has been looking to re-sign him to an exclusive deal. I'm still not sure if this new rumor of WWE's interest in the charismatic enigma is the reason for the holdup, but only time will tell. JTG from Crime Time recently confirmed with Sports Illustrated that he had not received a call from WWE yet, but that could also be the company informing talents to keep the signings a secret until they debut. So who knows? Goldberg recently signed a deal with with, uh, 2K Sports to appear in the upcoming WWE video game, a deal that couldn't be made without WWE's approval. Track record shows that when a former talent makes it to the upcoming video game, that it's early signs of communication between them and WWE. But that's just a rumor as of now. And as far as Kurt Angle goes, he's still a free agent and has shown strong interest in ending his career with WWE. But given his history of injuries and troubled past, WWE has been hesitant at best to start a working relationship with him, but that may have changed now that the draft is approaching. As of this writing, reports are sketchy as to what kind of contracts any of these individuals would be able to obtain. Some could very well be full-time roster members, while other bigger names could be placed into part-time special attraction roles within the company. One thing is for sure, July 19th is draft day for WWE, and on the first live SmackDown, things could get very interesting. In our second story this week, I'm not really sure why I'm even reporting on this because it seems bad news can never get away from TNA Wrestling, but it looks as if last weekend's Slammiversary pay-per-view event almost didn't happen. TNA Chief Financial Officer Dean Broadhead posted a lengthy blog on his official Facebook account indicating that TNA was in serious danger of shutting down mere hours before Slammiversary was to go on the air. According to Broadhead, he logged over 80 phone calls to attorneys, loan agencies, and others to help keep TNA afloat. Aerolux, who was in charge of TNA's production, had still not been paid for the previous set of Impact Wrestling tapings and made it abundantly clear that they would pack up and stop production if they weren't compensated. In what seems to be a financial Hail Mary coming in at the 11th hour, newly appointed minority owner of TNA, Billy Corgan, fronted the finances to pay production but also to continue television tapings this past week. It has been Broadhead who has been credited for helping keep TNA in business these last few years, and if it weren't for him, and now Corgan, TNA would cease to exist at this very moment. Details surrounding Corgan's minority stake are still a little fuzzy, but word is that with him stepping in last week, it was not a part of their original deal, and he participated in helping out at the last minute. From what I understand, the company is still looking for more investors at this time. And if things couldn't get any worse in our third story for TNA, they actually did. This week, it seems that last Tuesday's, in my third story this week, it seems that last Tuesday's live-to-tape episode of Impact Wrestling did not air. 
According to fan accounts, the first 40 minutes or so consisted of the same three or four commercials airing over and over again. As time went on, the audio of what was airing from Impact Wrestling could be heard, but the video still consisted of the same rotation of commercials. It's now being reported that the issue came from Pop TV's master controller in Atlanta. Apparently, the issue stems from severe weather in the Atlanta, Georgia area. TNA and Pop TV then decided to air a replay of the Tuesday broadcast that most didn't see the following evening, as well as on Pop TV's official webpage. In this case, it seems TNA wasn't responsible for the recent debacle this time around. And in our fourth story, some have said it's good to be the king. This past week, if you were to ask Jerry the King Lawler, then that may, that may not be true after all. Lawler and fiance Lauren McBride were involved in a domestic dispute in the early morning of June 17th. Lawler claimed in a telephone interview from jail that his fiance came home intoxicated and began getting physical with him, making claims that she was going to take her own life. Soon-to-be Mrs. Lawler and Queen of Memphis has stated that Lawler threatened to kill her with a handgun that was present in the home. Police have confirmed that the handgun was not loaded when they arrived to the scene. Both were released from jail on Friday, and upon being released, Lawler stated he would speak more about the matter once he conversed with his attorney, but that he and McBride still plan on getting married and that they would like to move on from the situation while working out these matters privately. WWE took action immediately and suspended Lawler indefinitely until the case was resolved. The couple was arraigned in court this morning with the judge ordering them to stay away from each other as it's standard procedure in a domestic violence case of this kind. Lawler, after leaving court, did not comment on the case. The couple will return to court July 1st. And rounding out the day five this week in some sad news, the individual that sang one of the most popular theme songs in wrestling history has passed away. Chris Warren, who is famous for voicing the lyrics to the D-Generation X theme song, Break It Down, died suddenly last week at the age of 49. Warren was also famous for his vocals in another WWE theme song titled My Time, one of the first entrance themes for Triple H used in his solo run after his time with D-Generation X. Warren also provided musical contributions to TNA in recent years. Cause of death is still unknown at this time, and services for Warren were held in New York this past weekend. Our thoughts and prayers go out to the Warren family here at the Ken Reedy Show. And there you have it, folks. Thank you all for tuning in to the Day 5 50-50 News Report, heard every week right here at the top of the hour, only on the Ken Reedy Show, the best in pro wrestling talk. Don't forget to head on over to iTunes right now to subscribe to 1640 PWPR for free to hear this podcast and so many others to cover the world of pro wrestling, MMA, boxing, pop culture, and more. Search 1640 PWPR and you're well on your way to being a part of an evolution in the podcast game. Now, let's get back into the swing of things this next hour. Ken, take it away. Yeah, good. Uh, you know, yeah, it's tragic. Uh you're dying so young, but, um, you know, I wanted to get into, you know, domestic violence and, uh, it's such, such a bad story coming out of, uh, you know, Jerry, the King Lawler's home and, um, you know, WWE taking action now breaking news today that we hear, uh, uh it, it's kind of weird, you know, and, and I really, you know, if the WWE is taking this swift action with, with Jerry Lawler, um, and I get it, you know, domestic violence, uh, no place for it. Um, and, and to me, like, look, I get it. Male to female, it, it, you know, should never happen, but nobody, nobody, male or female should ever, uh, jump to violence. 
uh, as, as a first resort. And the story we're hearing is Paige apparently attacked her uh, speculated boyfriend, Alberto Del Rio, and was arrested last night after the pay-per-view. I, again, it's a breaking story, so I, don't, I haven't heard all the details. Uh, there were some speculating on uh, online that this might not even be a real story, that this may be some sort of setup uh, for the pseudo-reality show uh, Total Divas. Um, if that's the case, shame on the WWE. Um, not that I'm hoping that this is real, but I'm really hoping it's not scripted. Uh, if, if they in any way, shape, or form, tried to create a situation, even if it is a female hitting a male, um, I, I think that is, is so tasteless. Um, you know, it's just the wrong thing to do to try and get ratings. Now, it's just I'm, I'm spitballing, I'm speculating. I uh, haven't heard exactly what the story is, um, and we'll see how the WWE reacts uh, to Paige, and we'll see going forward how they react with, with Jerry Lawler. Uh, with Lawler, you know, and, and I know we brought this up before in certain situations, but right now Lawler's image uh, is still on the WWE Hall of Fame page. And not that I, I'm not saying that his his image has to be pulled off, but the WWE has said, set a dangerous precedent as far as guys getting in trouble with the law and pulling their image off the Hall of Fame. Uh, I think it's something, put the guys you pulled back on and let's stop doing this. Um, it's a sad story coming out with, with Jerry Lawler. You hope that um, this was something isolated. These guys get the help that they, they deserve. Um, but the, the page story, Dave, definitely an odd story. Uh, trying to get some details, but uh, weird story. You know, she, she rumors and, you know, take this with a grain of salt. I'm not stating this as fact, but um, she has she's had a reputation for being a little bit of a wild child. They've portrayed that on Total Divas, but I've also heard stories of how vocal she is um, about storylines and her character and her position in the company that it's hurt her um, in the long run. And uh, that's that that's true. It's evident by not by us not seeing her on TV as much anymore. Um, so um, I'm kind of leaning towards the fact that this is unfortunately a real situation and this isn't something that's scripted for Total Divas. I would imagine that considering the, 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 all the, the, the organizations that WWE partners with, with bullying and especially with now um, uh, the, this women's leadership group that Stephanie McMahon is involved in, that they wouldn't script a domestic violence situation um, on one of their reality shows on the E! Network. But who knows? Maybe this isn't WWE. Maybe this is E! Entertainment um, who's helping produce the show that set this whole, you know, that, that set this whole thing up. We don't know. Um, I actually had one of our listeners um, uh, uh, go on uh, the, the, the Vegas PD website um, to see if there was a police report citing the incident, and he hadn't seen anything yet. Um, Sometimes police reports take a little while to to, uh, to be able to get a hold of, so maybe there's just a delay in the next few days or whatever. But um, I would venture to guess that because of the organizations that WWE is involved in, they wouldn't they wouldn't dare pull a stunt like this with um, 
scripting a, um, a a male female domestic dispute on one of the reality shows. I just I can't picture them doing that. That would be in extremely poor taste. Yeah, without question. I, and I was I was surprised that when when I heard that um that speculation that um you know I was like I really hope that 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 is not the case. Um. Oh, this is interesting. Uh, you know, all these things, bad things happening in Vegas, but uh, stories uh, popping up right now. Um, and this is totally uh, not wrestling related, but worth uh, reporting on. Uh, somebody uh, was went to Vegas uh, this Saturday and uh, with the intent of shooting Donald Trump. I saw that. A uh, man who tried to grab a gun, Donald Trump is, so... Scary, scary world we're living in. Lots of stuff right. going on in, in Vegas. Glad as much as I don't support Trump, glad he was not successful. But, uh, yeah, so anyway, back to the uh, story at hand. Yeah, I would hope that they wouldn't be scripting something like that. But if if this is indeed the case and, and Paige was indeed arrested for this, uh, you know, it's interesting uh, as far as looking at her career and, you know, once very promising career, uh this might very well be it for her in the WWE. It's very possible. Um, I mean, but we don't know all the details, too. I mean, um, we only know that Paige was arrested. We don't know um, Del Rio's involvement either. And, uh, you know, if if he's charged with anything or if he's involved more than what we're hearing right now, that could be trouble for him with, with his time in WWE, too. Considering that a few weeks ago a report came out that um, – Del Rio's had a little bit of a, a beef with um, COO Triple H regarding the direction of his character and um, the terms and conditions that he feels WWE is not honoring in his contract since he came back in the fall. Um, so if, if he's indeed um, more involved than what we're hearing right now, then and, and if that story is true that I just mentioned regarding his, uh, his beef with the management, then – his days could be numbered in the company as well. Yeah, just crazy stuff, you know. And and you know, I mean, you hope everyone winds up being okay and getting the help that they uh, they need. But uh, just just bad stuff, just bad stuff coming out. So let's uh, let's get away from real life for a little bit and back into wrestling and storytelling and storylines and uh, you know everything coming out of. Uh, Money in the Bank. I mean, I do think that collectively when you look at like Money in the Bank last night and what had happened and especially with the draft coming up shortly, um, it is setting up. I mean, they're not officially saying the road to SummerSlam, but again, it is summer. Um, To me, it's setting it up nicely. Now, Dave, I think you used the the phrase moving parts, and that's where you got to have that that cautious optimism that I keep talking about. We get, you know, we start talking about this stuff. You know, and you, you said in, in your news, they're talking, uh, there's other talent that they're talking about bringing in to supplement spots. They have this draft coming up. They have this potential, like, unbelievable triple threat match uh, that might be coming down the pike. Um, you know, you get the brand separation, all this stuff going on, it's exciting, but it also could be an absolute train wreck. Um, just Now, you get excited because business as usual has not been working. It has not been working the, for, for a year plus. 
Um, they need a shakeup. They need a change. Uh, they need new blood. They need new faces. Uh, but when you're making these this many changes at the same time, you do that run run that risk of it being an absolute train wreck. And you hope that's not the case. But it, you know, I think Dave, when you look at what what happened last night, and with the draft in in within vision, it's coming soon. That. It, it, it's looking like it could be a very exciting summer uh, in the WWE. And we're, everything we're talking about, we're not even mentioning the fact that Brock Lesnar could be involved in some way, shape, or form. He's going to be in UFC. You would expect that we'd see him at SummerSlam. What does he want to do? Who does he want to work? He still has a claim to the WWE title. Um, so lots of moving parts going forward. Come beginning of September, we could be looking at, oh, my God, that was such a kick-ass summer from the WWE. And we could also look at, wow, that was such an incredible cluster F. They need to get on track. And, and honestly, Dave, with what I've seen, I, I look at 50-50. I can't say that they're definitely going to knock it out of the park or they're definitely going to, you know, kill it all. It'll probably be somewhere in the middle. But it, it is very intriguing looking at all the things. I mean, we talked last week about all the moving parts. And then you have Money in the Bank with uh, two members of the Shield in the main event, and the third member cashes in, becomes a WWE title. Just something else to look forward to this summer. You just hope they do it all right. Yeah, well, you make a great point, something I didn't even think of. All this new stuff going on in a short period of time, and there's, there's like you said, cautious optimism, but there's the makings for a train wreck in some way. Um, when I, when I think of some of the stuff, like, for instance, like the former names, the established names that I mentioned in the, in the Dave Five report, um, would it be cool to see some of these guys back in, in, a, in a semi-regular role, maybe even some, in some ways in, as a part-time attraction for some of the bigger names like Hardy Mysterio or Goldberg? Yeah, absolutely. I think it would be pretty cool as long as they're contributing something positive to the product and it's not just all about them getting put over, as long as they're, they're, they're giving some of the younger guys and the newer talent a little bit of a rub. Um, do I think it's cool? Yeah, I do. And I think we might see some of these names um, as like surprise draft picks, um, go, you know, uh, the night of the draft to really shake things up a bit and to kind of make the draft memorable because it's going to be on the first live SmackDown. They want to make that SmackDown a, a pretty memorable show. Um, so I think we could see some of those names there. But you know what? At the same time, it makes me wonder. You call all these, you know, you claim you have this new era in WWE using all this new talent, but you're going to call these established almost 40-something, maybe even some of them are in their mid-40s, um, former talents to, to help facilitate this brand extension. But creatively, you couldn't come up with anything for guys like Wade Barrett, Damian Sandow, Ryback, and Cody freaking Rhodes, four guys who are super talented, who – to me, had unlimited amounts of potential, all four of them, to be big players in WWE, and you couldn't come up with anything? So what are you going to do? You're going to call Crime Time and Carlito to come back? I mean, that, that, that's one thing that, like, I'm scratching my head at here is that you let these guys go there so talented because you couldn't figure out what to do with them. So you're just going to call on a bunch of guys that they're getting up there in age to, 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 to hopefully – help facilitate this new era of WWE. It just, it, it just doesn't really make any sense. And in regards to, you know, the other, the other moving parts, 
um, this potential shield triple threat, um, Ambrose with the championship, we still don't know if there's going to be another championship added. Part of me, wa- part of me wonders the reason why they may have given Ambrose this title is because they want to create another world title for the other brand. And that's why they might have given him the championship too as well. I mean, it's, it's, it's very possible. I per- we've talked about before, I'd personally rather see one champion than two, but at the end of the day, I'm not the one signing the checks for World Wrestling Entertainment, obviously. Um, so you make a great point that a lot of things could go wrong with a lot of stuff going on at the same time. Um, but to me, in my opinion, like you said, they need to freshen things up a bit. I was not really a big proponent of this draft when it was first announced or a brand extension. And, um, but it's starting to grow on me a little bit. And I'm cautiously optimistic, and we can use that word till draft day, um, that we're going to see some, some, some interesting shakeups um, heading on the main roster, um, whether it be from NXT or outside talent or however they want to mix things up. Um, but I think we're also going to see some stuff where we're going to be like, why did they do that? Um, so hopefully I think we're going to see more positive than negative because I think the product does need a big shot in the arm. Um, I just hope that if they take this brand extension and they truly make Raw and SmackDown equals, that they keep it equal and they don't, they, they don't, um, they don't try to make one brand in, you know, inferior than the other, um, that's my biggest fear because then it won't be, it won't feel like it was equal. It'll feel like, you know, one shows the A show and the other shows the minor league. So we'll see what happens, but I, I, I could be wrong. And we could be, like you said, in September, we could talk about how great, you know, this past summer was and the evolution of the WWE's product. So who knows? And that, that to me though, is the problem with creating another title that there's no way, there's no way that the WWE, as far as I can see, that they're going to let another belt be perceived as equal to the WWE championship. So inherently, even if it's a slight diminishment, it's still, if they put like the WWE champion on raw and they add a title to SmackDown, that title is going to be slightly below. They're just go, They're not going to let it become exactly equal. And once that happens, then it becomes it, you're in that mode of A and B show again. And it's not saying you can't have a kick-ass B show, but I I just think like like you're saying, Dave, you're 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 moving forward with the idea that both these shows are going to be equal. And I think where we get into this cautious optimism, and that's it, man. Over the summer, right now, with everything going on, that is the drinking game for this show. Every time Dave or I says cautious optimism or cautiously optimistic, you have to drink. That is it, because you're going to hear that a ton um, over the course of the next few months. But we don't have confidence in the writing as of now. And that's where you got to kind of pump the brakes and say, all right, well, this is great that all these changes are coming coming into play. But like you said, Dave, there are guys that are gone now from the company, that are gone from the roster, that have gobs and gobs of talent that writing just couldn't figure out what to do with them. And now let's bring back some old names that you hope that just the old name will sell. Well, that works for a day. That works for shock value during the draft. It doesn't work long-term. You need to come up with programs for these guys. And when you look at 
having two shows and then the speculation of two different pay-per-views and having confidence that the writers are going to be able to write for both shows exclusively, write for individual pay-per-views, and to Rocky's point last week, and to build towards these pay-per-views, that's where you got to think, all right, are they really going to be able to do this? And I think it simplifies their job tremendously with just one champion. I've said time and time again, treat Raw and SmackDown like territories, and the champ goes in and defends his championship on different territories. You know, whatever you need to do. If you have crossover matches at pay-per-views, number one contender matches, one guy from Raw, one guy from SmackDown, who could be the number one contender? But to me, one champion. Take these secondary championships, make them exclusive to one or the other. But to me, the, the WWE champion should be on both shows. Uh, to me, it validates it. it. To me, it also elevates that title that we're not going to split it and give it like part of the the uh, the respect that it. We're going to give it full on. Like the, that is the champion. People, other individuals are exclusive to one show or another. The champion is on both shows. It just sets the champion apart from everybody else on the roster. It, it elevates the title. Uh, to me, that is the route to go. But, you know, you do wonder with all this stuff. And, again, like I stated earlier, and Brock Lesnar, who knows what his involvement's going to be. A lot of moving parts. It's, it's stuff to get excited about. It, I'm so excited because for Dave and I, it's going to give us a crap ton of stuff to talk about. Um, coming out of last night's pay-per-view, I'm excited where the summer months are going to go. Um, but get ready to drink. I am very cautiously optimistic. 347-838-9815 is the number to call. Let's go out to the phones. We got Mike on the line. Mike, how are you doing this evening? Hey, big guys. How are you? Doing all right. What did you think of Money in the Bank last night? I thought Money in the Bank was good. I, I thought the whole pay-per-view was good except for the uh, Cena-AJ Styles match. I did not like the ending. I wasn't uh, thrilled with it. What did you wow, like about the ending? <laughs> what happened? Something we what agree on. What did you like about wow. it? Tell us. I, I, I didn't like, the, I didn't like the, the involvement of the club. I, I, thought it was, I thought it was ridiculous that they came down and... Uh, you know, and they got and they helped uh, their man win. I'm curious if you if you had. I mean, it's interesting because like Dave's saying that uh, you guys don't agree often, but you and Dave actually agree on the outcome of, of this matchup. How would you have booked this? Would you have booked uh, AJ winning clean? Would you have booked uh, John Cena winning? How would you have uh, changed the outcome of the match? I would have. I would have. What I would have done. What what I would I, I would have had uh I would have had um AJ Styles win dirty, like hooking you know the pants or something. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So uh, some cheating, but cheating on his own. So kind of right. keeping the exactly cheating on his own, saying you know what I don't need. Well, sorry, go ahead. No, it's a good way of putting it. I, I didn't even really think of that. I mean. So I got you like a, a low blow or hook in the tights or foot on the rope kind of thing, uh, but not having anyone have to help him. I got, you know, honestly, we, we didn't, uh, neither Dave or myself, uh, kind of put that ending into, uh, 
into play or th- thought about it. But uh, it's an interesting way of looking at it. They're definitely uh, not a clean win, but uh, not needing help either. Right. I, maybe that would have been a better way to go. It's a, it's a good point, Mike. And, and I also agree with I also agree with Dave um, about the tag match. Dave, you are so right. The the legal uh, how how uh, Big E became the legal man. I don't know. No, it wasn't Big E. It was it was um, they were Big E was ready to do the move the, the 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 finisher with Kofi on Aiden English from the Vaude Villains. Carl Anderson tagged in tagged Aiden English without Big E knowing. Right. He took the he took the finisher, but they covered Aiden English for the victory. Right. Well, that well, shouldn't have was, been legal. Right. That's what I was thinking. That's exactly what I was thinking. But what happened? Well, what happened was at one point in the match, it it looked like it was Aiden English, and what's his name, and one and one of the the club members, and then Biggie came came back in. I mean, I'll have to go back and watch it, but I that's, just, I, that's I, what I see. Maybe, maybe I'm I missed it, but I, I couldn't. Yeah, maybe I'll go back and watch I, it and see what happened. But and then let me know. but I think yeah. that was part of the problem with that ending. Like, and, and I, I have to go back and watch it too. Like, it just, it just was a cluster f at the end of the match. It just, it, like I said earlier, it just seemed like everyone needed to get their spots in. Everyone then it was supposed to be a melee that just, but it wasn't a good melee. It just didn't make sense. It just didn't. Uh, and, and surprising again for a, a lot of talented individuals in that matchup, um, it just got confusing. And I know, like there was a lot of, a lot of head scratching in the living room. You know, didn't get a living room pop. Everyone was like, "Wait, what? Ju- wait, what was that?" And it was just confusing. And you don't want to. It was it was an okay match, but the ending just like with for all three of us to be sitting here talking about it and saying, "We, oh, I got to go back and watch it. I don't recall." That shouldn't be an outcome in a match. You know, you shouldn't be that. It's wrestling. It's pro wrestling. We shouldn't all be that confused. And that's uh, that's where they missed the boat with it. And, and honestly, I honestly thought last night that maybe that would be the night that uh, New Day wound up losing the belts was not the case. Uh, I picked against them. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I just uh, for a bunch of talented uh, tag teams, I just thought the, the end was wonky at best. Who would you end up picking? Who would you pick? I picked the club. Me too. I did too. Um, but I, but Tony, uh, Tony made a good point over the week. I had him on my show, and he made a good point. He said he thinks that they're they're gonna let New Day uh, lose it after they break the record. Yeah, I I think so too. Interesting. They keep when when is the, the um? They keep bringing up the fact that they got that 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 they're well on their way to getting the record. Every time they come out on TV, it's like New Day's at two hundred and ninety something. New Day's at three hundred and one days of champ. The way the way they do it, it it looks like they're heading in that direction that they're going to break that record, and then once they break the record, then somebody's going to beat them. And I think also they want to with the draft, and this is just my personal opinion. But if the tag belts are going to be able to be defended on both shows. They want an established team like New Day to be the face of the tag team division going into the draft as opposed to putting somebody new like the club as the tag team champions to be able to go on both shows. So I think they want to start off by establishing the tag team division in this upcoming brand split and New Day being as over as they are would help facilitate that. 
I agree. On the, I, I definitely agree with that. I mean, uh, my my match of the night was definitely Roland Reigns versus Seth Rollins. The uh, the facial expressions alone, you couldn't get you couldn't get any better. Um, they they just did so much work last night. Um, and also, I thought the pay per view went a little long. Uh, you know, I, I'm not sure because we paused in the middle uh, to watch the end of the basketball game, so I'm not sure. But it uh, it did seem a little bit long, but we took a break in the middle. Was it a little long? Well, they've started. <laughs> they've started going. They, they they went to the um, WWE. I did it. I did it in my report. I think a few weeks ago. WWE went to um, the cable and satellite providers and asked for um, extended time on their uh, on their pay per view events. Uh, going forward, and they've been granted it. Like, they started it with WrestleMania. Um, and now that they have their own network, it doesn't cost them as much um, in the event that they go over the allotted time because it's their own network, it's their own feed, uh, whereas opposed to when they were strictly just on pay-per-view, if they went over, they had to pay heavy fines with the satellite and cable providers to, to, to go over the allotted times that they had signed contracts for. So they've asked, for an extension, it, and it doesn't cost them as much anymore because pay-per-view is not their primary business. It's the network subscription. Yeah, it, it was uh, it was it was quite the pay-per-view. Uh, I also like Natty's uh, Natty's turn on uh, Becky. Uh, I I would I would say that we're probably going to get a match between the two of those girls, probably a battleground. Yeah, I would, I would think so. I like the turn a lot, too. I thought the turn uh, was good, and, and, you know, it adds a little bit of, you know, depth in the ladies' division because you need some some lady. you know, you can't have all the matches all the time always surrounding uh, the championship. So I like having just two chicks that don't like each other. I think you need more of that in pro wrestling, uh, male and female. It's two guys, two ladies not liking each other and uh, setting up just uh, they want to fight. Um, I, 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 it was, I uh, agree with that. I, it's a, that's a good uh, – that's a good way of uh, of looking at it. I mean, uh, and then the other thing we talked about, you guys talked about, was Paige. Supposedly, what I heard was, I heard two things. Number one, I heard she wasn't arrested. Number two, I heard it was an angle for something. Now, now that's what I heard. Um, and then on her mom's Twitter page, they asked her if she was arrested, and she said no. They said she said she wasn't. Well, it remains to be seen. I mean, I, I just I don't mean, like TMZ it. I mean, TMZ would have picked I mean, it up. Totally no? scripted. God, what were you saying, Mike? I was saying TMZ would have picked it right up. That's a good point. TMZ would have been all over it. And then you guys are talking about Jerry Lawler. And I tell you, I love Jerry Lawler. I feel bad for what happened. I wonder if it's going to be his future endeavor, so I think I wonder if they're going to let him go. You know, again, you don't want to see anyone lose their job, but I do think the stance that they've taken with certain individuals, I mean, you know, Hulk Hogan still hasn't broken any laws. Uh, Hulk Hogan wasn't arrested. Hulk Hogan said a, a horrible thing um, behind closed doors by being filmed illegally, and that dude was raked over the coals. Um, you know, look what happened with Jimmy Snuka, you know, a guy who thought this murder rap was well in the past. Now, all of a sudden, a DA trying to make a name for himself brings it back up. 
WWE wipes them out of existence. Uh, this is a domestic abuse situation. Um, I, I think the WWE is, has put themselves out there as, as kind of a no tolerance for situations such as this. Uh, they're going to look a little bit disingenuous and a, lo- a little inconsistent with their uh, discipline if he's not let go. I, I think you. I think the WWE has put themselves in a place where they almost have to. I know he's at this point he's suspended indefinitely, um, but I do think uh, unfortunately uh, this will lead to uh, Jerry Lawler being future endeavored. It's it's a shame. It's a bad situation. It's a shame, but uh, I think uh, it's something that. Uh, you know, especially your stance with uh, bullying and, and all the charities you do, uh, this sort of situation, I, I think you kind of have to let Jerry Lawler go. Uh, but we'll see how this unfolds uh, over the next few days and weeks. Mike, good stuff tonight as always. Thanks for the call. Look forward to talking to you next week, man. All right, guys. And uh, also, Dave, congratulations on your marriage, by the way. I don't think I congratulated you. On that. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. I'm not sure if you did either. Maybe I don't think I, I haven't talked to you guys in a while. I haven't talked to you guys in a while, so I don't think. Uh, thank you very much. So. Hey, also, you, did, Ken, you went to uh, you went to fundraiser wrestling on Saturday night. I did. How was it? Did you like it? Did I did. I the top of the show. I talked about. It. I gave it a stellar review. Uh, I thought, uh, top to bottom, it was. Uh, a fun, solid show. I I can't say there was a bad match on the card, and uh, I know Magic match, uh, by, Magic match by match, everything de- was a lot of fun. I I know Magic made his debut uh, on Saturday night. He did. Yeah. All right, guys, take it easy. I'll talk to you soon. Stay it easy, Mike. Thanks a lot. Uh, you. Got- so there you go. Like I'm trying to find. Um, London and Kendrick are London and Kendrick are being given credit for the longest reign at 331 days. So trying to find what exactly the number is for a new day right now. I think they're at like 301 or 302, something like that. I want to say like like I could be wrong, but so they could be like a, they're about a month away. Well, they won the belts at SummerSlam last year. SummerSlam was in like the first half of the month of August, so yeah, they could be. I want because well I'm wondering right. where it coincides with the draft. It could be it could be very intriguing if right around the draft that they're actually going to break the record and do they do they break the record and then they break up New Day and get drafted separate places? No, um, no. no. my opinion, no. You know what? They they base a lot of things on merchandise sales. That's why John Cena has been a babyface for God knows how long, because according to WWE, he was doing monster numbers for merchandise. New Day is doing monster numbers for merchandise. They were the number one merch seller WrestleMania weekend with them damn unicorn horns and the T-shirts and everything else. There's no way if they're still producing the same numbers they've been doing for the past several months, that, that Vince even thinks about breaking them up. He'd be an idiot to do that. But then again, he's also the same person that had instructed Kane to, or Triple H to dress up as Kane and have sex with a, with a, with a dead corpse. So, so, so what you're saying happen. is you just never know. You never know. You never know. I would hope not. It's just interesting. Like right now looking at that today is June 20th. Um, so right around the draft, be right around when they, they would be breaking the record. 
another thing to, to keep an eye on. Why can't I find like exactly how long they've whatever, I gotta stop looking on my country on this. I'm actually on the show right now. All right. Back to the show <laughs> and uh good stuff uh from Mike. You know, I thought it was interesting that um you know, Mike brought up a good point. I want to get into this match. So I think, you know, obviously, the AJ Styles-John Cena thing, far from over. It's uh, like we just talked about with the ladies, you know. You got two ladies now, which enriches the ladies' division that just don't like each other. You got Becky and Natty. They don't like each other. They got beef. Now they want to fight each other because they got beef. It's good. That's wrestling. AJ Styles, John Cena, they got beef. No title involved. Uh, two guys now, like, first off, it was, you know, hey, you're a champion, I'm a champion, you've done great things, I've done great things, so now let's do great things together. Uh, then it was AJ turning on Cena, definitively turning heel, but still kind of that, uh, you know, let's get it together, we're gonna, we're gonna wrestle, and we're gonna do what needs to be done, and now it's, it's legit beef. Now AJ Styles, uh, went out there, he cheated to win. Uh, got the victory over John Cena. Two guys now that don't like each other, got a problem with each other, um, got heat, if you will. Um, and, and that's it. That's the story right there. You got one guy who has been the WWE darling uh, for over a decade. You got a guy who's done it all every place else, who has turned heel and had to cheat to beat John Cena. Two guys that have a lot of accomplishments in the business. Uh, two guys that put on a hell of a match last night, um, and now they just don't like each other. This is a this is a rivalry that could easily be centered around a championship belt, but it's not. And I think that's awesome. I think it's great that you just have two guys that that have a problem with each other. Um, we're going to see. I mean, who knows how far they're going to go. Uh, you would think that uh, standard wisdom would say that we're going to get a trilogy of matches that would culminate in the, the third match being at SummerSlam. That would be the obvious choice. Rematch at Battleground, rubber match at, at SummerSlam. Um, that would be obvious. Do they do something out of the box? I tend to think no. But this is something that I, I like the way it's been set up, Dave. It's been... Like I said, I complimented the commentary on the match last night. I almost never do that. In fact, I spent most of last night complaining about the commentary for the rest of the pay-per-view. But it's simple storytelling. It's two men, two athletes that, that have a problem with each other. They're going to fight it out. Uh, it, it, the story was told through commentating as well as the guys in the ring. Um, I look forward to seeing how this unfolds going forward. Uh, but but it's something that I'm I'm really intrigued with as far as how they're going to move forward with with John Cena and AJ Styles. You said it best. Sometimes you know simple storytelling is is, is what works, and these two just don't like each other. Um, based off of you know it started out as you know professional animosity, and AJ Styles' character has now made it personal with John Cena. Um, I do think, though, I will disagree with you here. I do think, could I see them doing a trilogy? Absolutely. But I do think that they go outside the box, possibly at Battleground. Possibly we see the club against Cena and two guys of his choosing, whether it's somebody that gets called up from NXT, uh, somebody you didn't expect to tag with him, 
Um, or maybe they just throw a tag team together, like let's say like Enzo and Cass, to kind of give them the rub of teaming with John Cena. Um, but I think that they might they might go outside the box a little bit and make this a tag match. Maybe that's where Cena gets his victory over AJ in the match, setting up the 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 one on one final showdown at SummerSlam between the two where AJ can lay claim to, I beat you one-on-one, but you didn't beat me one-on-one. You beat me in a tag team match. And then it's just a straight-up one-on-one match. No BS, no outside interference, nobody. They can come up with a stipulation, I guess referee, whatever they want to do. But that's the direction I think they, they could potentially be going in. But I wouldn't be surprised if they did the trilogy. I'm just hoping the trilogy doesn't... Um, Kind of set and kind of go along with the other trilogies that Cena's been involved in in years past, where he loses the first match, but then he comes out smelling like a rose at the end by beating the guy in the next two or three matches, like he did to Rusev, like he did to Kevin Owens. So um, maybe we'll see uh, something different here. I'm hoping, but guess what? Right here at the Ken Reedy Show, 2016, the summer of cautious optimism. Exactly. And that's just it because you just, you know, and for us on the show, you you just look at it and you think, uh, you know, you, you get creative. You know, you get creative and, and you look at, like, uh, you know, I would do this. And, and I'll tell you, man, like, you, you, you know, you, you want to be creative and you want to believe in, oh, let's do something uh, – Different. So, by the way, I'm looking right now, I'm looking at, uh, and I think this is right, that they would be set to break the record on July 20th. That's uh, the day after the draft. That's a Wednesday. The day after the draft, they would be breaking the tag team record, which is, it's just interesting. It's interesting to think about who knows if they would break them up or not, but it is interesting that that team, that popular team, and where they would break the record would be coinciding with the draft is the WWE thinking about using that in some way, shape, or form, or not at draft time remains to be seen. But um, anyway, back to like Cena and, and, and AJ, you know, you, you sit here, and I don't care. I don't care what anybody says out there. And you can sit there and like, oh, you guys are fantasy booking. Everybody fantasy books. Everybody does. And in all honesty, that's one of the most fun things to do as a wrestling fan is to sit back and say, ooh, if I was in charge, I would do this, this, and this. Everybody does it. The problem is you got too many pissy mother foes out there that if the WWE doesn't do what they fantasy booked, then they crap all over it regardless of whether it's good or not. It's just they didn't do what I thought they should do. But we all fantasy book. We all may think we're sitting there, oh, what they should do because I know best, but that's all BS. We all fantasy book. We all look at things. And I think you, get, you start to get creative and you hope that they do something different. Nine cents out of ten. And we do the, the, the pay-per-view shows. And, and we've talked about this a million times. Like, do I pick with my head or my heart? The heart part of me when I'm making picks is the fantasy booker. The head part of me is always, what has the writing been like in recent memory and if I was going to just think logically, what will they probably do? And that's always tough when I'm picking pay-per-views because obviously we're all rooting for a pay-per-view that we want to sink our teeth into. And it's sometimes you, you want to pick in with your heart and you should have picked with your head. 
And this is one of those things where I look at him like, well, there could be a lot of other intriguing things to do here. Um, but again, it's, it's my lack of confidence in the writing. I feel like they're going to do what's obvious. I feel like we're going to get a trilogy and it sets up right now that you get the rematch of the next pay-per-view and then the rubber matches at, at SummerSlam. Uh, it, it's just right there. Um, but I don't know. Like I'm with you. Like I hope they do something different. I hope they throw us a curveball. Um, I hope they, they do something, uh, you know, maybe something with the draft with Easter. Who knows? Uh, but when I look at it, I just feel like that's going to be the direction they're going to go in. And, and the problem with that is, number one, like who wins the rubber match? Number two, it probably would be John Cena, you would think. And then number three, the entire wrestling universe craps all over because there we go again. It becomes a John Cena burying a new talent narrative which is not necessarily fair, um, and I don't necessarily believe it, that is the narrative you will hear coming out of that if they go in this direction. And that's it, David. I don't know if they would have the balls to do it, but in my mind, if they go trilogy, John Cena is going to win the rubber match, and then the, the Smarks and the IWC are just going to crap all over that. Um, you know, do they care that the IWC craps all over? Maybe not. Uh, but I think for us as wrestling fans, it's not so much crapping on, oh, look, Josie is buried. It's not the problem I would have with it. It would just be that it's obvious. I mean, I'm sitting here on June 20th, the beginning of the first day of summer, and I'm sitting there telling you how this will play out into SummerSlam. If that's the direction they go in, it just becomes predictable, routine, and run-of-the-mill kind of storytelling that we've gotten used to with the WWE in recent memory. And that's why I didn't care for the finish last night because it's, it, it, it came across very predictable, especially with the, 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 the contract that they had AJ sign Monday night, that there would be no club at ringside. I mean, it just became very predictable. Mike, you know, Mike brought up a great point about having AJ win but kind of cheating on his own. Jim Ross post, posted a lengthy blog, and he quotes, the AJ Styles versus John Cena bout was arguably match of the night, but for me, even though I would have preferred AJ winning by cheating on his own and not the massive run-in by Gallows and Anderson, nonetheless, it was a signature villain victory for Styles over the WWE's top hand. This match told a compelling story and was paced in a way that fans could process what they were seeing. End quote. That's, that's what I, I've, I firmly believe that and you will not hear me say this a lot, but I 100% agree not only with Jim Ross's point of view, but also the fact that Mike brought that point up too. Um, earlier in the day, I thought to myself, you know, th- this finish was predictable. I didn't like it. It, I, I did, it didn't necessarily hurt AJ Styles, but didn't really help him either um, in the manner that it, it was presented. But I would have referred to seen AJ Styles go over clean. Now that we've had this discussion, I've kind of played the match back in my head after watching it back this morning, and, and everyone's points I take into account. Cheating on his own, but not with help from the club, was probably the best option they could have gone with. Like a low blow, hook of the tights, feet on the rope kind of thing. That could have really set the pace for a different direction that this rumored trilogy is going to take place. And to me, I think from what we've talked about on tonight's show in the past few weeks, especially with all these moving parts and the direction that the company's taking, the, the product needs to go in a different direction. So 
some things can't be so predictable anymore. Um, they need to take some chances on some, some newer faces and different guys in, in different scenarios and not just kind of stick to the same old, same old with certain guys, i.e. John Cena is one of them. And I'm not, and we've talked about it before, we're, we're not John Cena haters on the show, but um, the, the John Cena coming out the superhero at the end of the day kind of formula has gotten old real quick. And I think it's time that they really switch some things up. And hopefully the way that this storyline goes, it's not as predictable as many think. I'm hoping. And to add to that whole thing of get ready to drink, cautious optimism and lots of moving parts uh, coming on the WWE Network right now, and they are discussing it on their pre-show, which is uh, a mere just a shadow of what we do here. But anyway, um, the Wyatt family set to make their return uh, tonight on Monday Night Raw. Obviously, you would think those guys coming back would definitely be uh, a big deal. I would hope, again, cautiously optimistic, I would hope bringing these guys back, for the love of God, do something big with them. Do something fun with them. These guys, I mean, you got one of the best talkers in the company, if not the best talker in the company, in Bray Wyatt, in this faction. Uh, Luke Harper, great, under, underrated, underutilized worker. Um, you would think at least coming back, they're going to get a face pop. Do they remain faces? Where do they go with them? But these guys coming back, you wonder what they're going to do with them. It gets you excited for Monday Night Raw. Uh, for me right now, it's one of the things I would say I'm most excited about to see what exactly, what direction they go in. But interesting as we get set for the summer, the Wyatt family returns tonight. That's very interesting. I didn't expect that, although Bray has been rumored to be ready to return for weeks. Um, Harper's still out with a knee injury, so I don't know if they bring him back just to have an on-screen role with them but not get physical. I would highly doubt that. I don't think they would they would have him go out there just to stand there and do nothing, um, given the nature of his character, um, and potentially risk hurting himself even further. So it's probably just going to be Bray, Rowan, and Strowman. Um, but I think – when, when we talk about cautious optimism, once again, we'll say that word again, cautious optimism. When we talk about that um, going forward with this draft um, and the brand extension, brand extension is tailor-made for a group like these guys because the Wyatts seem to go through a period, and Bray more so than the other three, um, go through a period of they're ready to get behind them creatively with something. They always keep them in the loop. Uh, or I wouldn't say they always keep them in the loop, but they're ready to get behind them creatively with something. And then once that story's over, they don't really have anything backed up for them to do next. And they just kind of get, they just kind of are stuck in limbo. Um, And I don't think 2016 has been a great year for the Wyatts per se. Um, But I think with a brand extension and it not being so crowded and being on their own brand, first of all, I'd have them all on the same brand because I don't think really you can do a whole lot with, them split up separately and i still like that there's potential there's still more potential for this group and 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 the ways that they can exploit this cult like group that wyatt leads but that's another story for another day however putting them together on one show 
it gives them the opportunity to really shine as opposed to being one big giant company on two different shows where they really are kind of lost in the shuffle. So hopefully whichever brand they go to, they're a big focal point and they're doing big things with them. Bottom line. Yeah. You know, and it's interesting because I, you know, I was going to ask you the style question as, as we do, you know, what are you looking forward to most for Monday night raw? And there was, I was trying to figure out what exactly I was, you know, coming out of the pay-per-view uh, you know, where are they going to go with the shield? Where are they going to go with AJ Styles, John Cena? I got to be honest, like hearing that or seeing that on the uh, WWE network, uh, I'm most, most excited that we'll get a, I'm hoping we get a kick-ass Bray Wyatt promo. Been jonesing for one of those for a while. Uh, I love his promo work and I'm excited to see where exactly they're going to go with him. Hopefully they set up something substantial for the Wyatt, but I guess that's what I'm looking forward to uh, the most with about a minute left. What, how about you, Dave? What are you looking forward to most tonight? I am looking forward to seeing where they're going to place the Wyatt family, but I'm also looking forward to the interaction that Roman Reigns and Dean Ambrose could potentially have tonight. Reigns noted on Twitter that he was coming for Ambrose. Um, so to me, I think there's a good chance that we're, we're going to see a change in direction in his character. Um, and he's on a collision course with new champion Ambrose. I just hope that, Whatever happens with Ambrose tonight, this isn't short-term, and this is something serious with him and the belt. But those two things I'm looking forward to most about Raw tonight. Same here, and I'm hoping with Reigns that, like, if they go in a different direction, let's change up the outfit, let's change up the theme music, let's let's really not just, uh, hey, now he's a heel. Let's, let's, uh, let's change it up a bit with, with Roman Reigns. I mean, I thought he wrestled a little bit edgier last night. Um, at times, playing with the crowd, like, I think he looked at the crowd once and said, really, I suck. Uh, just kind of snapped at the crowd a bit. Um, so definitely had a bit of an edge. So if they turn Reigns heel, if he does something heelish tonight, uh, let's really reinvent. Let's go in a different direction with Reigns. You guys, thank you so much for supporting the show. Tonight, callers brought it. Good stuff, as always. We'll be back next week, 630, uh, to get set for Monday Night Raw. Check out the Facebook page, facebook.com slash the Ken Reedy Show. For the Raw chat, for Dave, I am Ken. Good night, everybody.